Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams. And joining me today for this one, I got my boy Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? Oh, I can breathe a little bit again after complete 8, 9, 10 days of moving, psychosis, craziness, the Chiefs getting smashed by the Titans, and then that thing that happened last night on Monday Night Football so not too bad, not too great, not too terrible. Enjoying the new house is just a lot of work. Yeah, and our our boy Tom Arrowhead Tom is going through that process now of moving, so that's why he's not going to be likely joining us much of this week. But uh, yeah, it's hectic times outside the Chiefs, and obviously very hectic times in the Chiefs because uh, we're here to talk about the uh, the Monday Night Football victory over the New York Football Giants uh, last night. It was not a satisfying win. We'll just put it out that way. Uh, it was not satisfying at all. It was a very tough win. It was just, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into it here. But Kyle, just overall your thoughts from last night. Okay, so a couple things, I guess. For one, there were segments that looked really good. Also, the defense looks much better. I know it was the Giants, and I know they had, like, no wide receivers. Get all that. I, I understand. But you're starting to see play out of positions that weren't playing well regardless of who the opponent is. Willie Gay has picks in back-to-back weeks. Front off the, the defensive line, Frank Clark, has quietly been very good the last two weeks. Jaron Reed actually looked like he was on the football field this week. Chris Jones, the three technique, who knew, is very good as a defensive tackle. Who would have guessed? Um, and then the offense, when they didn't have their heads unscrewed, were fine. They walked up and down the field. And then we the turnover stuff has got to get figured out. Some of it is just terrible luck. Like it just is what it is. But some of this is we, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. So it, it was an up and down thing. The other thing I would say is winning in the NFL is very hard week to week, every week. And no matter who you're playing, winning in the NFL is tough. So while yes, we all would feel a hell of a lot better if they would have gone in and blown out the giants. Like we kind of hope they would. Sure. But we still got the job done. They still got the dub. And at the end of the day, they're even and they're one game back in the AFC West. So Yeah, that really that does that's like the only thing that matters at this point. It's just winning the AFC West. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter how ugly it is. It's just as long as we can get to the get to the dance, we're good. But as Mahomes said last year, I guess we weren't winning by enough. I guess that's a stat. Like Yeah. But it's I'm, a lot it's different this year. Now, obviously. I agree, uh, but at the same time the play on the, the field just looks a lot a more abysmal. Yeah. So Obviously, you know, you said the offense had had good drives when it was running, and then you know there was really like only two, I guess, three good drives if you count, you know, the drive that 
we got the lead, but there's really only two good drives that we had. Um, and obviously the first one was the, the fir- very first drive of the game that ended in an interception, a fluky interception, um, which just bounces. I just don't understand how it's like, it, it's like the the bar gets set higher and higher for how ridiculous the the tipped interception is. It's like, all right, how high can we make this ball bounce off Jarek McKinnon's helmet just to so, make it like more comedically, like just depressing? It's it's hilarious how it's just worse and worse every week. The guys over at Times Ours have been talking for like three years now about only how this team only plays weird games, yeah. and it just seems like they've taken that mantra and been like, well, how can we make it even more weird and interesting every week? Like it's, it's every week. And our guy Foot noted, Mr. Jordan Foot over at Airhead Report tweeted last night. What's the record for tipped interceptions? It's got to be. I mean, we've got to be well because they got right? like six this year in, yeah. in eight games. It's crazy. Just and I don't know. It's just it's never like one thing you can kind of point to too. It's just like it's just a fluky thing, and all of a sudden it's turned over, and then they they clean up one area, and something else comes up. They yeah. clean up another area, and something else comes up. It's I like, tweeted about it last night too. Uh, and Michael Urban was on the Manning cast, which I tuned into on the in the fourth quarter, and he was talking about uh, the Chiefs' mindset kind of going into these games about how, you know, they say, you know, going in that they don't want to turn it over anymore, and they're not going to turn the ball over, and they're not going to make these same mistakes. And then when one inevitably, like, happens to this, some dumb luck like it did in the first drive, like, that just kills their mindset even more. It just kills their whole mentality, and it's just like... It's, it's like, the here-we-go-again mentality. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're... It's- hard to get away from that. it's hard and it's like you know you always talk about like having a short memory in the nfl and it's like the chiefs almost don't have that right now i mean that's what we've kind of seen in the past it's like hey you throw an interception let's just keep on you know keep on going here and i mean it's it's kind of the same message that they're doing it's just i don't know it's just as soon as that big mistake costly interception costly turnover happens it's just like all their steam all the steam is pulled out of them all the momentum even if they're you know it's like they're still they still go down the field. It's just they don't have any passion afterwards. It's so crazy to to kind of look at just the mentality and how deflated they get after one of those things happen. So. Well, I think it's some of what you Patrick's kind of talked about in his interviews. I mean, if you listen to the Monday night interview from last night, he's like, I don't want to say that it came easy, but we've had a bunch of success. And some of it is like this team on offense, the defense has been up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down all the way through his career. That yeah. is what it is. This offense hasn't ever like they haven't had it to correlate it to baseball. They haven't had a slump where they hit two uh, one eighty for a month like yeah. that. They've always that's been not this offense. And Mahomes talked been, about it in know. that interview. Like they've always been able to get theirs in just the way that they kind of want to do it. Yeah, and I I talked about it. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but it's like you know the Chiefs. They just keep on kind of going into games and doing what they want to do and not really adjusting. Now, I saw in this game, they looked a lot different. I mean, they had obviously adjusted to the short pass game and, you know, the run. They ran the ball a lot and they got those intermediate, you know, check downs and all those things. But, like, that's the thing I said that they needed to start doing is that, you know, you can't just go in and do what, you know, the classic Chiefs thing to do is anymore. Like, you can't just go in and just sling the ball all around the field and expect that to work anymore. Like, unfortunately, you're at a point where you have to do the alternate thing. I think I think a lot of folks, including us, probably discounted how much Sammy Watkins changed the how this di- offenses operates. Yeah, it's another guy that can get open one on one, and right now you're not seeing a lot of guys that are getting open in one on one scenarios. So they can double ten and eighty seven. They don't have to take like, and I'll be the 
I'll be. I I said this last night, and and I stand by this. I don't think Travis is right physically. Uh, he was banged up in the Buffalo game multiple times. He took that cheap shot from Poyer, and I just don't feel like the the neck stinger where he got leveled at the end of the game for no reason on a cheap hit. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's right. He's. He just doesn't look to be as fluid and quick, and just. It just looks like something's off. I don't know if it's ankle, hand, whatever it is. Something is bothering him, and it it's showing that it's bothering him. No so doubt. when you don't have anybody besides 10 and 87 and one of those got now, I preface that with saying McColl has been fantastic when they've used him, but the way they're using him is not. He's still not getting separation. Approval. Yeah, he's still they're not, not really, doing typical not really wider. Putting him out in routes like that, though. Yeah, that, that, that is true. Stuff is the misdirection guy. He's the jet sweep decoy unless he gets the ball like the, the pop passes like that. And when he gets the ball, you watch what he does with the ball. It's woo, see ya. Oh yeah, and he's like, looked a lot better this year, especially getting the ball in his hands. It's just they like he cannot. And it's kind of been a problem he's faced his whole career, but it almost seems like they're kind of gun shy of using him as like a true receiver. Like they're so not the sending him out. Is, is he being held back by a coaching staff that's a little apprehensive about using him, or is it something he can't do? And this is the same conversation we have on the other side of the ball. When it comes to the Nick Bolton thing earlier this year, Willie Gay last year throughout this year, Juan Thornhill last year throughout this year, like I know this coaching staff likes veterans and likes guys they trust. That's obvious. But when you're building a team in this manner and you've got young guys that have to play roles, you're gonna have to let them learn. Yeah, I mean, ultimately so, you have to you have to kind of baptize them by fire at some point. So I I, I think. I think going forward, and we saw them start to adjust, and I think you'll continue to see them make the adjustments on the offense. I don't think this offense is a bad offense. I really don't. I think they're in a bad stretch. I think it's a slump. I think it's not great right now, but I don't think this offense is bad. And what we've been begging for all year and for the last several years is if we can just get a defense to be top 20 or top 25 even, and an offense that's functioning like it's supposed to, this yeah. team's fine. The problem is, when the wow. offense is fine, the defense is like the worst defense ever. And yeah. when the defense is good, the offense can't tie their shoelaces without dropping them. It's, like it, it's crazy how that timing just works out. They like have the not defense, played a complete game yeah. all season. The defense finally figures it out, and then it's like, oh, well, now the offense defense can't figure it out. looked great last night. Yeah, the defense looked really good. I mean, the back, yeah. like the Giants... The Giants are a bad football team. I think we should definitely clarify that. Like the we, Giants, not a great not football really team. There's not that much to clarify. Everybody, it's that yeah. they they didn't have they didn't have enough wide receivers to field wide receiver. They were lining yeah, they had like they had like two wide receivers entered that game too. Like it was yeah, they were now, going through guys. So it's definitely and, and again the only time we saw them score points is when and we'll get to the defense. Like I'm not even gonna do this right now because it's a much longer conversation. But it, it's the same things on defense when the defense struggles and it's got, they got to. It's it's done. It's yeah. over. I know that you still want to try to get them on the field occasionally, but if you're going to do that, they have to be in specific down and distance roles. It cannot be in some of these positions that are being put in. So yeah, there's yeah. The, there's plenty of things that have happened over the last 24 hours to make me a lot more confident about the defense, and maybe something that could happen on the offensive side of the football that would make me more interested. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But my initial reaction is, no, it wasn't pretty. But it got it done. 
It got it done for sure. And I want to talk about some of the highlights of the game, uh, especially on the offensive side. Because we saw uh, one particular guy really step up and have a great, well, he really had a great two drives. Yeah, Mr. Gale Sayers himself, number 40 out of Kansas, the Kansas Comet. Uh, no, Derek Gore, not the son of Frank Gore, or related at all, or not, not even Frank. A cousin, I don't think. Yeah, not even Frank Gore. Just aged down 20 years, and I'll put on a different jersey. No, it's actually just Derek Gore, and uh, he had a really, really good game for the the two drives that he was utilized. Now, for some reason, he just really wasn't utilized much afterwards but he had that one especially good drive that he ended up scoring on where the chase basically ran it like four or five times in a row and it just ended up working Uh, that's the weirdest thing for me about this about this running back group right now andy forever has rode the hot hand i don't care if your name is jim bob nobody or if you're brian westbrook they ride the hot hand yeah and they're not doing that this year yeah, I mean, not entirely. Daryl still got, like, the, the majority of the workload, but it was clear that, like, they really saw something in Derek Gore. Like, they, they I mean, obviously they elevated. I don't, I don't even know if they elevated for him for the game or if it was, I was gonna ask actual you, okay, signing. I, if I'd have known he was playing yesterday, yeah, I, I, I honestly did not even I would have probably thrown him in the DraftKings lineup just because nobody else was probably taking that dude to do anything, and he was worth, he probably was, like, 100 bucks or 200 bucks in DraftKings. Yeah. But... I had no idea he was even going to be on the field. I apparently missed the practice. Pra- I, obviously, I've been busy, but like I missed the practice squad elevation or the active roster call up or whatever it was. Like I yeah, think I it was the practice it, squad active. Um. Oh yeah. So it was. Hmm. Well, maybe that. That's a little old. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, it's. It was just. It was wild because Andy. Like I said, Andy. Ma- the the reason I made the Gale Sayers joke earlier for anybody that wasn't aware, Andy. Um called him that said that he reminded him of gail sayers this preseason when he was watching him so yeah that was what that was for it's not me calling him gail sayers nobody no, don't but pick i mean me. as a runner yeah as a runner the Derek gore looked he looked pretty solid obviously the chiefs and this is kind of the the you know the run style that the chiefs have used more this year but the power run like he is very run. good in the power run scheme like he just he he's very good at just like he's very he has a good vision he sets his lane he runs downfield like as long as he's running downfield, he is good, and he'll get. I mean, he, his legs keep on churning, like he keeps on working, like he's really. He was really fun to watch in those couple, you know, couple snaps. I that would he like got. to see them use Mahomes under center and the power run game a little more. Yeah, I mean, they need to because, at this point because you can run play action off of it too if you can establish it. And let me tell you, with 52, 65, and sixty-two in the middle, you can establish it. Yeah, Trey Smith killed a dude last night, and Creed Humphrey took a linebacker sixteen and a half yards downfield on a block and just di- disposed of him like he was a piece of laundry. He's like, oh, I'm gonna put this in the yeah. basket. Yeah, like, and when they're running the ball, you can see it. Orlando Brown was screaming. I don't remember who tweeted it, but Orlando Brown turned around and was screaming at the sidelines from the middle of the field. Run the ball! They can't stop it. Exactly. Like they have as far like you know. You know, we kind of talk about the offense's dysfunctions, and it's really, you know, kind of Mahomes and the receivers, but the offensive line, the run game, like, there's still some juice in there. Like, there's still some juice going. What I think we're seeing, and I, and I think just talking through this has kind of brought me to this point, is I think we're seeing a disconnect between the offensive line and the run game and Pat and the receivers because they're more built to be a balanced attack now than they've ever been when they revamped this offensive line. 
So a little bit of that is I don't want to take the court ball out of my $500 million super alien dragon, fire-breathing dragon quarterback. Yeah. But this offensive line, man, if if they're going to just stand there and let you get light boxes on them, run the ball. Like, I didn't think I would ever say this, but run the ball. Yeah. I don't care who it's with either. I Preferably, really though, Derek Gore. I would really like to see Derek Gore Williams, Clyde Edwards there, Derek Gore, yeah. Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman. I don't care. Tyreek Hill, Run not a bad idea. Yeah. Honestly, though, with all the the running backs that we have on this roster, like we are really set up to have a solid power I run game. I mentioned Derek McKinnon's name. Yeah, Derek McKinnon has not not gotten many, many running carry, backs. He's gotten targets, but I don't think he's had a carry. Yeah, no, he's best, definitely been more of a special teams and then receiver kind of a threat. But this is, even still... This is the this thing that I think they're having to figure out is this offensive line can pla- can pass block. They're they're good at it, but they're not elite at it. Right. They are, however, at least seemingly so, elite in the run game when they run certain run schemes. The yeah. problem is, and I saw Nate Tice and a couple other, and I think it was Brandon Thorne, maybe yeah, somebody Brandon else. Yeah, Brandon Thorne tweeted some stuff about it. Um, about them having a limited no i think it was nate tice having a limited run package and maybe it was them two talking maybe. on twitter back and forth but having a limited run package based on the formations that they're in because he's always in shotgun and i know he's comfortable in the shotgun i get that this isn't texas tech this isn't college ball you cannot run exclusively shotgun in the nfl or teams will not respect the run game they won't and we're seeing that and you also limit your amount of run plays out of those formation packages so there's a little bit of adaptation from Andy and Eric. There's a little bit of adaptation from Patrick. There's a little bit of adapting that needs to happen from the offensive line. There's a little bit of adapting that needs to happen from the receiving core. Yeah. it's it. The reason this offense, I think, feels so disjointed is because they really, truly don't have a full identity of who they are yet, and they're still trying to figure that out. We knew this offensive line was going to have growing pains, what we didn't necessarily anticipate was that some of those growing pains were going to incorporate encompass other portions of the offense that were going to be affected by the strategy and style change of how this offensive line is. Yeah, definitely the offensive line has kind of just, you know, taken a few steps forward and everyone else is kind of catching up still, it seems like. And they, or maybe the vice versa, but I not if you go by what they did last night. Yeah, they no, graded it all it's out. It definitely seems like yeah, it definitely seems like the O line is leading the way on the offense. Look, I I will be the first one to tell you, PFF grades, grain of salt. Something's great, something's bad. They they you there are things that you can do there in and out, but the entire line graded out at above a 75 last night. The whole line. Yeah. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch.
Boost Mobile, unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Creed Humphrey is the number one center in football right now. And it's not close. <laughs> He's ridiculously good. Yeah. I and mean, Trey Smith him and Trey is Smith, yeah. arguably as good. So fun. The last, that's my favorite part to watch on this offense right now is just the offensive line blocking. because The only thing Trey's got to do is learn to let go. Yeah, that he's got some of those. Ball, the ball carrier is six yards past you. You don't have to hold that dude. You yeah. can just. I know you want to finish every play. That's part of your mentality that I love. I know you want to pancake every single dude, everybody that you ever block. But if the guy's five and a half yards past you, you can let go. Yeah, that's true. I'm not. I'm fine with Trey, any Trey Smith penalty though, because he's a rookie at the end of the day. Even though he's he looks like a, a veteran road like grader said, at little times. Things, little growing pain. Oh yeah, and, and these are all things, things that he'll easily see. he'll easily figure these out once you know the more experience comes and everything well, like that. Well, like, those I, matter because now that's second and first and twenty instead of first and two. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah, all penalties matter, matter in a sense, but I'm really not concerned about him going forward with more penalties and all that. I'm, like, I'm that not that's something that he'll he'll easily be. Yeah, he'll easily clean that up. Like I said, Andy Heck. I mean, he'll get them right, but you, you know, you take the couple of those when you get him just absolutely decapitating a man a couple, and, a couple plays later, a couple drives. And you later. know, we talked about Patrick having some questionable habits for a couple of years, but he had to kind of because of how the offensive line and whatnot. Those bad habits kind of stuck around, and now that he's got a good offensive line that's doing some of the things, it's difficult. He's learning. He's having to adjust. And yeah. I, I don't, I. Re- Refuse to believe that he is there. This offense is as bad as it has looked the last couple weeks. I don't know. It's I don't, you just got to hope that they eventually kind of snap out of it. You know, that's just kind of where the Chiefs fans have to be right now. Is hopefully the offense can snap out of it. We kind of hope each and every week, and uh, we haven't. I mean, I guess it's only it's been three weeks. I think besides the second half of Washington, uh, where you could say that uh, they just haven't looked on point at all. So. Weeks one through four, they were number one in the league in DVOA. Weeks yeah. five through eight, they're number twenty-five. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like in the first half of the season, you know, the turnovers and everything like that were still there, but you—they looked like a, they they were still the Chiefs. They went from averaging three and a half points of friggin' possession or whatever, even with all the turnovers, to averaging less than two this yeah. last four three weeks. Exactly. Like definitely, there's definitely been some kind of change in the offense, whatever it is, uh, the last month or so, but. Uh, speaking on the defense, though, hopping over there, the defense did look really good, and I, I want to highlight like those linebackers are going to be good for a yeah, while. The linebacker duo is what I wanted to highlight well, first. Minus because... fifty-six, but he's leaving, so yeah, it's, yeah, we ain't got to talk about fifty-six because I hate when he's on the field. Um, <laughs> but the linebacker duo of the future is here on the Chiefs: Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. They were flying around. Willie Gay, in particular, looked really good last night. He had a pick. Uh, like Daniel, the second play of the Giants drive uh, picks it off. Picks reads, it back after yeah. that insane exactly. silly after the, bounce the, off McKinnon's helmet. Yeah, after the stupid turnover, we get it right back. But Willie Gay was all over the place. He was, I mean, he was reading the defense great. Uh, Nick Bolton just still playing with a lot of heart and attitude, uh, you know, running downhill and everything like that. That was a really good bright spot of, of I the did, defense. I did notice one thing. It was down in the red zone. It was, I think, a nickel package where they actually left ne- Neiman or they took kept Neiman off the field and left Bolton and Gay in. And there was he was trying to make a late adjustment, and he said something to Chris Jones, and Chris was turned around looking at him when they yeah. snapped the ball, and he just didn't get off the ball. That That'll get the... better. Yeah, that, that will get, get better because he was that was the first Nick Bolton had the green dot, which I'm pretty sure might have been. I think he might have had the green dot before, but Anthony Hitchens has always been around to also have 
the green dot. So yeah, and it was definitely still was the one that was making the adjustment for for um, Chris at that right, moment. Yeah, so right I mean, at that the point. defense and there was a couple other drives uh, plays where the defense was struggling to communicate. I think we even had to burn a timeout because we had twelve on the field at one point. Maybe that well, was... that was the snap where Okafor came back on the field, and they were I. I still yeah. don't know. So like, Frank yeah. Mark Stanley going, what the hell are you doing on my Yeah, phone? exactly. So there's still just some kind of communication thing. And uh, obviously we're, we're we going to have a, a, something to talk about on that front as far as, you know, additions. But overall, the defense, you know, like we said, they – I mean, they did what they had to do. Holding a, a team to 14 points on primetime football, no matter what, I mean, that's, that's good. The recipe is really simple. Don't put 49 in man coverage or is the deep safety. Yeah, Shannon Sharp. Absolutely it, ripped apart. It's not even Lewis Riddick, Shannon. It's not a secret. There, if I'm look, I'll be blunt. This will be a little teaser for the preview we're going to do for the Packers game later in the week. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I see him on the field, oh, throw I'm throwing the ball. At at I don't give a damn. You can honestly probably throw the ball right at Dan Sorensen, like just right at his forehead, and he'll still probably give it up. So he committed a pass interference penalty and still let the guy catch the. Yeah, he actually he actually caught the ball for the guy basically, and then just kind of placed it in his lap as he was falling down. He said, "Here you go, here's the ball." And also, by the way, here's a flag, just to, I, to make matters worse. Dan Sorensen. This is the simplest way I can put this. Dan Sorensen, I don't hate the dude. What I will say is, we went from he was feast or famine, and it was about 60, 40, 70, 30 feet famine to feast, and now. It's it just looks all, like the Irish potato famine yeah. from back in the 1600s. There is like no, it, there is no feast there's no going feast. on here. You can't eat shit off that table. Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm sorry. He's not making, nothing. he's not making good plays anymore. There's nothing. Really, it's Warren just, Sapp tweeted, "How does 49 still have a job?" It's ridiculous how all, like, it seems like the entire world sees that Dan Sorensen shouldn't be on the field, except for Steve Spagnuolo somehow. I don't understand well, it. And I just, again, this goes back to the like, did our money watch? die did he do something to your family i mean did yeah like at least he it's just it he has to be worse. he can't be worse like he it has to be some it has to be marginally better there's nobody on the even like, exactly bring him zane anderson who cares bring him up i mean at least literally he's anyone yeah literally just anyone out there who just i mean dan just doesn't have a clue when he's out on the field anymore it it's not like. even that i just physically don't think he can do it anymore he can, i mean there's nothing nothing about it i mean I don't I know. Just, it's it's very tough to talk about Dan. We've Sorensen. been doing this all year with him. Yeah, it's, it's not really a new thing. I, he, it's obviously not a new thing. Yeah, we've harped he, on it pretty heavily. He cannot beat man coverage on a tight end, and he damn sure can't be your deep safety. And really, just the the more snaps Dan's on the field, it's just like the less. If you're gonna blitz him, fine. Eh, if even, he's on the field yeah. to blitz, yeah. fine. Even if you want to, eh, just take him off the field. That's what I'll, I'll just take him off the field. We've got so many more talented athletes at every position. Like, just take them off the field, but I don't know. Overall, though, the other safeties looked okay. Skip our money watch. Play Fenton as the safety instead. Or something, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's you, you've Steve got, Spagnuolo, it's, it's kind of comes to a point where it's like. I mean, look at it. You got Mike Hughes. You got Legereus Sneed. You got Charverius Ward. You got Honey Badger. You got Fenton. That's five. Yeah. And so, some and for some reason, Steve Spagnuolo still finds a way to what do you to keep need him, on the, him on the field for? I don't know, but ultimately, uh, yeah, just I don't know what's what is Spags doing? I just, 
that's just what it kind of comes down to is what his spag is doing. It. Other I things are working out. I haven't looked at the snap counts, but I know his snaps were down. He was not nearly as yeah. on the field as previous. Uh, because I, I, matter of fact, our friend Connor Christofferson over at Arrowhead Report tweeted on one of the third downs, uh, same thing I said, of, hey, they made a stop on third down, and guess who wasn't on the field? 56 and 49. Yeah. Sorensen had 27 snaps, which was 45%. Which is way which is better still, than the hundy he was yeah. getting. Which is still a little high, though. I would like to I, see that number in the 20s, potentially. But 15s, 15s. Yeah, maybe even. Mike Hughes, though, only had two snaps, which was a little bit. Which means Sharverius, Ward's and Richard yeah. are going to be your main corners, and Mike Hughes is a window dressing. Also, if we're going to keep one of those guys as a window dressing piece, can we just start DeAndre Baker instead? I don't. Like yeah, I'm he not, was inactive for the game. I know. I'm not necessarily like Mike Hughes isn't doing it for me. I just don't get it. No. Like, it DeAndre just seems, it seems like spectacular, but yeah, it seems like the coaching staff might have just kind of flipped a coin between those two and said, "All right, let's see who we'll start the season off with, and then maybe maybe well, they'll switch out Hughes and, the and Baker." Here was the day played DeAndre though. It's his old team. That is true, huh? I didn't think about that. They they that that's the team that shipped him out when the extortion crazy yeah. happened. You'd think you'd want that guy on the field, but hey, you know, Spags Spags works in his own ways, it seems like. He so, he's got a different mentality like said, and message that everyone else does. The defense seems to be taking steps. They've been better. They've been the better unit for the last month, which is just freaking crazy to me. But yeah. hey. Um at this point, we've pretty much covered everything that this was. I mean, yeah, uh, Nick pretty much Bolton, Nick Bolton, I saw a stat. He has the most tackles for loss without a sack of any rookie in, like, the modern era or some crazy shit like that. That's pretty damn good. I mean, He's on pace for, like, 19, which would be tied with Vaughn Miller. Yeah, which, by the way, we don't have to face Vaughn Miller anymore. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a bonus day for your Chiefs fans. Yeah. We don't have to see Vaughn Miller twice a year this rest of this season. Because he is now a Los Angeles Ram. And speaking about trades, let's just get right in. That's a great segue. Let's get right into uh, a trade that the Chiefs actually made. Well, there's two tra- trades that the Chiefs made. Let's start with the edge rusher since we were talking yeah. edge rushers. So there. the Chiefs did go out and trade for uh, Steelers defensive end slash linebacker Melvin Ingram. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, you might recognize him from a life, a, a career at the Chargers. And also, we brought him in this offseason uh, for a free agent visit, and he left without a deal. And so, mm-hmm. now, eight games into this season, we, we bring him in. Uh, he didn't like being in Pittsburgh. He wanted to, he, you know, kind of publicly made a trade, uh, you know, a request, a pro- proposal, or just, I don't know, demand, I guess, is more of a an accurate, accurate word for it, I think, but... Uh, yeah, Melvin Ingram is now chief um, for a sixth round, conditional sixth round pick. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts? So I've seen a lot of. I just don't like the process. They couldn't sign him in the off season during free agency mm-hmm. and this and that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chiefs fans that feel that way and Chiefs content people, <clears throat> friends of the show who I've seen tweet this, so on and so forth. Let me ask you this. You're worried about the salary cap and spending too much on players and this and that and the third, and you wanted to sign Melvin Ingram to $4.5 million with void years built in to get it done? Because that's what the Steelers did. They yeah. did a signing bonus of like and all bunch of crap that basically totals out to about $4 million that was built into either dead cap or signing bonus or cash up front. 
The Chiefs basically are going to pay Melvin Ingram three hundred and thirty grand for the rest of the year if I if Chief Bearcat and OTC and all that's correct. Yeah. So, for me, for a sixth, which I'm so tired of listening to people pretend like sixth round, sixth round picks are guarantees. Yes, we tripped and fell into Trey Smith because his medicals fell where they did. Yeah, but great. every sixth round pick before Trey Smith has not been mm. great. I think they got Fenton as a sixth, maybe, or was that was that? Uh, Actually, yeah, um, Fenton might have been a sixth. But regardless, but like I think Tremont Smith pick, yeah. for the most part. I think Tremont just, Smith was a sixth. I think Khalil is McKenzie. Anybody want to tell me where Cornell Powell is? Yeah, Cornell. I think he was a fifth, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Where's Cornell Powell? He He's in the practice squad. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, so, I mean, there's no guarantee that a sixth-round pick is going to do anything. And honestly, I understand, I understand the philosophy of, well, if you just get more darts to throw at the board, you might get something. Well, that's great. But if I have to take a sixth-round pick for a proven commodity that might help this team down the in the last half right. of the season and potentially help them in the playoffs, pretty sure I'm willing to take that risk. I, this can't... At this point, even if he's just a situational pass rusher to where you can slide Chris inside more on passing downs and give something to, they have to pay attention to besides Frank Clark, it can't hurt. He's got – he's going to be fine. And he wasn't exactly getting used heavily in Pittsburgh, and he was producing numbers in his limited snaps. He wasn't getting crazy amounts of sacks, but his pressure rate's up. His pressure rate's the highest on the Chiefs, technically. Hey, good for him, you know. It's a it's a low bar to clear for sure. Um, hmm. I'll just say on the Chris Jones's is a bit of an interesting thing because Chris has been very very good. He's been uh, now, he's, he's also been up and down. Ligaments in his list, as we found out. Yeah, he's also not played in a couple of games this season and been Correct. playing a new position and everything like that. I'll just say on the Melvin Ingram thing, uh, I don't want to harp on it too bad because I'm not really all about the negativity, but I just don't really like the move. I mean, I guess you know, I guess it's kind of a thing. You know, there's no downside. You to don't it. Like the move. You don't like the move. Well, yeah. Well, let I me explain. Look- let me explain why I don't like the move for your first year. Okay. Because to me, listen, Melvin Ingram, fine. He's a fine player, probably. I don't think he's gonna bring much juice to the to the defensive line. If I'm being honest to you, um, I haven't seen. I mean, he had a couple. He had a decent start with the Steelers this season. I think his name definitely fizzled out. Obviously, parts of that is because of his usage and lack of in Pittsburgh, but. I don't know. To be honest, he just does not move the needle for me. And you're, I know you're about to say, who else? You know, who else can you get to improve the defensive line? To be honest, I don't really care if we would have got someone else or not gotten someone else. Like, it's not like this. Obviously, the Chiefs' defensive line is not great. And you know, adding another, you know, quote unquote pass, you know, good pass rusher to to take some pressure off of Chris and Frank, it's a good idea. But I don't know. I just don't really like the move. I don't think he's going to be a big contributor for us. And, you know, if you look, obviously, after last night, the Chiefs defense really isn't the problem right now. And I've been, I mean, I've harped on it all season that we need another pass rusher. But I don't know. I just, at this point in the season, it's kind of just feels like this is a desperate move to to help the short term, but it doesn't help our long term at all. Because this is my issue is that, I don't know, the Chiefs, obviously, they're still in it, right? there's still a chance that the Chiefs make it to the playoffs and even maybe make it to the Super Bowl. But I just feel like Brett Veach has to look at himself and start realizing that there's deeper issues in this team that have to be fixed more long-term. And so Melvin Ingram isn't helping us at all long-term. Like, he's, there's no way he's getting a second contract with us. He's 
here for eight game, an eight game rental for a sixth round pick. And a sixth round pick, it's not a huge thing to give up, but it's just I'd rather us make moves to improve our long term future rather than kind of just putting some chips in for the short term future because I just don't see this being the Chiefs' year to win the Super Bowl. And so obviously you, you can't have that message. Like yeah, you you can't have that message in the building. Like hey, it's it's over for us and we're not gonna win the Super Bowl. But I just feel like you have to look more towards the long term in these moves. I mean, we saw Charles Amenahue also get traded today for a sixth round pick, and you know he's less of a pass rusher as Melvin Ingram. I won't doubt that. I won't deny that. But he's 24, 25 years old. Like he has a, a career in front of him still. You know, Melvin but Ingram. That's gonna be for a team that isn't the team that traded for him. I mean, you don't know that. If he, if the thing is that if Melvin Ingram or Charles Amenahu balls out, there's only one of those guys who's getting a second contract with the team that drafted them or traded for them rather, and that's Charles Amenahu at you know where he go to the Cardinals or no the Niners. So I mean, right. the Niners might give him a second contract if he plays well. The Chiefs are not giving Melvin Ingram a second contract even if he plays well. So yeah, they're gonna have money to use at the end when they when this season's over anyway. So we'll see. But my, no, my point wasn't gonna be about that my two points are going to be for a month now, every time I've mentioned them picking up someone, whether it's a wide receiver, a running back, a punter, your response to me has been, can, well, can you rush the passer? Hmm. Okay. So there's that. That's part one. Part two is I want you to do this. And this is just an exercise. Anybody, anybody that's listening to this, do this for an exercise. Our friend over at NFL mock draft database. Um, God, I'm blanking on his name right now so bad, and I feel like such a dummy Danny. for it. Danny. Dave, Danny, Danny. Daniel. God, I feel like a dummy. I know his name. I'm just blanking oh, so hard. Fuck. Danny. Yep. Danny. Go over to Mock Draft Database. Now, I will warn you, that database is going to change ridiculously over the next six months. But go over there and run your mock with the Chiefs still having their sixth-round pick, and you tell me – which guy you're more interested in at that position than a guy that could potentially help you in this season and the playoffs. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Because he's a nine gamer until not an eight. Remember, they're 17 this year. Ah, of course. And he's only a nine gamer if they don't play in games 10, 11, and 12, and possibly 13. True. Which, it's kind of just a thing where it's like, I feel like we're only getting to nine, maybe 10. But So, that those two th- factors included... You can talk to me about lottery tickets all you want. Well, let's put it like this. When when you're worried about the lottery ticket thing, you want the better lottery tickets with the higher chances of odds to win, not the lottery tickets that are one in a thousand. Because in the sixth and seventh round, 
those some of those guys are going to go undrafted and go sign them off the street, which we've seen. Uh, Turk Wharton. Yep. Um, there's well, Derek Gore was an undrafted free agent. If we're going to talk about that stuff, yeah. Uh, like, I understand the the want to keep the draft, but we and the NFL has told you that draft picks don't hold the value they used to. And I'll say this because of this. If you go look at what Brock Osweiler was traded for when he was traded basically for draft picks, how much money would they spend on those draft picks? Fuck a fuck ton. Pardon my language, but an egregious amount. 40 million or something. Okay. Now Von Miller, who's a bajillion time pro bowler was traded for a second and a third for $9 million. That's a $30 million difference. And Brock Osweiler was a bum. So the NFL is telling you, eh, draft picks or whatever. Like, it is what it is. Well, see, here my thing. Until the fifth round. Yeah, well, draft picks aren't really the big issue with my thinking. Like, you know, sixth round pick, obviously, you're not really going to get a much of a player there. I mean, you might you might find a Trey Smith. You're probably not that going point. to. You're hoping to get hit by lightning. My issue is that we're just not building towards the future with Melvin Ingram. Like he is only here for there the one year. There was nobody you can go get, and there's likely and nobody in the sixth round you're gonna get. Well, here, gonna build you I mean, for your future. not in the sixth round, but I think there's other. Let's see. I'm not, I'm not gonna say. I don't know exactly, but I think there's other potential guys that they could have went after that just bring more juice if than Melvin Ingram given up for a, a long term. A second and a third for Josh Allen from the Jaguars or for Montez Sweat from the from the football team, like I've seen. They're not. You're not building for the future. They're gonna get a year. You're gonna get a couple more years out of them, and then they're gonna hit free agency and be gone. And then you gave up a second and a third instead of just a sixth. Him. You resigned Frank Clark because Frank Clark's contract's gonna be see you later. You're okay, and Honey Badger's about to get paid. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen salary cap gymnastics go around. Before. I understand. I'm not too concerned. I wouldn't be too concerned but at the about same time, that. If your if your thought process is that method, then. The building for the future thing is fine and cute, but you also have to keep a team that walked into this season as a Super Bowl favorite by a large margin. You you cannot if you want this team to try to respawn and re refix itself and rebound, you can't be out here pretending like they don't need to make some kind of move at the deadline. And giving up a sixth on a for a flyer on a guy to potentially come in and be an impact player for me is a is a well worth the risk. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just a, a differing of opinions, really. I mean, it, I don't, I don't totally. Be that case because yeah. there's a lot of people like, for example, uh, Briscoe tweeted the thing about what I was, what I was joking at a little bit about earlier was the whole process being the problem. Why didn't it? Well, because it saved him four million dollars on a team that is cash strapped and cap sick and cap hurt. Yeah, but it's also like if you think that Melvin Ingram is going to be that much of an impact now, why would you not just? Offer him a little bit more to help you out the first eight games of the season. Where we, we also have no idea what they offered him in, in in there, and he walked away from because it could have been playing time related too. If he didn't think he was going to get playing starts in Kansas City like he was going to in Pittsburgh, I don't know. Because just... remember, he was the starter in Pittsburgh comfortably until I can't even remember who it was came up and took his job. But who Melvin Ingram? 
Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Somebody in Pittsburgh. Young well, team. Alex Highsmith. Yeah, Alex, Alex Highsmith, Highsmith is who they were supposed to have. as, And Melvin Ingram kind of just filled that void for a couple weeks. But I don't and know. And Alex just... Highsmith came back. And that's basically – so the Steelers paid $4 million for an eight-week rental. And we're paying three hundred and thirty and a sixth-round pick. And everybody's like, oh, the Chiefs are overpaying for crazy shit. And it's just what, like – I don't know. I do. I do kind of agree with the process. The whole process kind of being just messed up. Because here's the thing: if the Chiefs do value, like obviously they value Melvin Ingram now enough to give a a sixth round pick. So it's like, why not just give him a couple more, a little bit more when you initially had him in in free agency, so you have him the full season. Have it. Well, okay, but there's easy ways to kind of get around that. They could have made some corresponding moves to to get Melvin Ingram under the cap if they thought that he was an impact player for them and it would actually contribute something. Now, all of a sudden, it seems like eight weeks into the season, they realize, oh, we actually don't have very much depth at defensive end and we could really use Melvin Ingram. Almost like they thought Chris Jones at DN was going to be a lot more dominant than he has been. Yeah, so it's like that's kind of part of the issue. It's like obviously this whole process, somewhere in this whole process went wrong because they thought that they had defensive end depth and they don't. So now they're kind of, the problem yeah. is Jaron Reed hasn't performed as the D tackle to replace Chris Jones that was that moved outside to a position to be different. Well, that's your problem. If you want to bang on the process, that's was, the process that's, problem. That's part of the process too. Obviously, yeah. they signed him in te- anticipation of getting him as a. They they obviously chose Jaron Reed over Melvin Ingram, if, if and now they're kind of. The those two played last year. I'd have taken Jaron Reed over Melvin Ingram too. I don't know. It's just one. It seems like the Chiefs and Brett Veach are kind of. You know, retreating. I don't. I don't know what the the correct term I'm trying to think of is here, but they're they're falling back, and uh, there's definitely a term I'm thinking of. I don't know. They're kind of they're yeah. caught caught between with their leg in between their tails, and they're running back to to try to fix it. And I just I just don't really like the. I don't know. I just don't really like. I just don't like the move personally. So I guess that's really all that. There, so. All that comes down to, and ultimately, hey, if Melvin Ingram does, you know get right. more than one sack for us, then I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong and that he was a good acquisition and everything like that. I don't think, ultimately, I don't think you can ever view this as a bad acquisition. I'm just dissatisfied with the acquisition. It's, I would have preferred someone else. It's a sixth for a flyer in 330 grand. And, I, and, that's, and that's what it is. I just, uh, I think there's just other flowers I would have liked to take personally, but not I, that. I, the only thing there is how much more expensive are those flyers? How much more productive are those flyers, though? Sure, but they're so, flyers, so there is yeah. no answer to that question. The floor that is, is zero, true. and, the and ultimately, is yeah, there is no answer to the question. And ultimately, what's done is done, and Melvin Ingram so, is a chief. So we'll and, talk uh, about the more unfortunately sad trade for Chiefs Kingdom today. Yeah, um, I just for the amount of love that that dude got, he didn't get enough. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, first of all, first and foremost, is an A++, 100% class human being. Fantastic. Before anything else even needs to be said. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Fantastic, dude. Um, The most impressive thing to me about him is he played that sport at that level while being coming a doctor on the side. Absolutely. Wild. I have friends who are doctors. I have friends who are nurses. Them doing nursing and doctor school, just that alone drives them to the point of exhaustion and inability to hang out and do stuff with their friends on a Saturday or anything. This man's playing NFL football, practicing four days a week and playing games on Sunday while getting his doctor. 
I got nothing else to say other than mad, a massive amount of respect for the man. They traded him. This is a cap move. If Dan, who Dan, Dan Brown. Brown, sure, former JMU basketball player yeah. Dan Brown is um, is on the roster by Sunday. I'll be kind of surprised. Yeah. Especially because we're getting Clyde edwards Lair back soon. Kyle Long's set to come off the pup. Someone else is supposed to come off the got, IR. Um, 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 supposed oh to come off the God. IR. Why did I just blank? Hmm. Oh, my Lord. You have no idea. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Joshua Kando. Kando, Jesus. Of course. I was like, what of course. How did I just? Our, it's because Kando our, really yeah. hadn't had his, gotten as much run because he's yeah. a rookie and he's not been on the field. But look, like I just don't see that man being on the roster very long. This feels very much like cap, and it also feels like them doing some Larry is solid. Yeah, it definitely seemed like a solid. Like I, I said it in in our group chat last night before the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was activated for the first time this entire Can season. Vouch. Can vouch. This was said before. Yeah. He he was activated for the first time uh, for the entire season. Obviously, he didn't play in anything, but he was suited up for the first time. And I kind of called that it might have been a ceremonial kind of you know nod to to him before they shipped him out. And they ended up and doing. He it. has a no trade clause, so he yeah. kind of got to tell whether or not he wanted to go somewhere. But them sending him to the Jets gives him the opportunity to play. Yeah. Because not only... that Jets team, A, is banged up on yeah, the offensive really. line. Really so bad. Thing. He'll be able to start, like, probably right away, honestly. Probably. And not only I, not only can he start... their best guard. Yeah, and healthy. honestly, and not only does he have the potential, you know, to start for this year, but he actually might be able to build a bit of a future with the Jets. He said in his... Uh, he wrote a goodbye message on Twitter, um, you know, thanking the Chiefs and Chiefs Kingdom and everything like that. Uh, I could read three quarters of it. I can't speak French. Yeah, there was a French paragraph in the middle that was kind of tough to read. Canadian but, fans, he was, yeah, not as Canadian fans. Yeah, but the, the, the last paragraph, the last paragraph was about the Jets and how he was complimenting, uh, you know, Robert Sala and the co- and the you know the coaching Joe staff Douglas and the organization. And Sala. Yeah, at the Jets, and he liked what they were building, and just the wording that he had made me think that he might, you know actually continue there after after this year which i don't know i i was alluding to i'm not sure if he plays another year after this maybe he goes and does uh the medical stuff full-time afterwards who really who really knows except for him but at if least I'm he has the jets, an opportunity with the jets if i'm the jets he's a swing guard for me for as long as i can keep him yeah as long as you if keep he's not him, your yeah. starter next year him as a backup for the for your two starters probably going to be at least one young guy a, he's a presence in that room. You cannot, like I've already stated, you can't get a better human being than him, and him to be a leader and a teacher in that law in that room. Yeah, it he it just sets up well. Plus, as you mentioned, I think also in our group chat, it's a little closer to Canada. Yeah, it's very close to Canada. To so that's good. That's, so, that's probably that, that that's something that he's talked about before, just being so close or so far away from from home, obviously in Kansas City. But he made it work, you know, all these years flying back and forth through the off season, all things like that. Um, but I think he is actually on the last year of his contract. Yes. So that is going to be a thing. They'd so. have to sign him, but yeah, I so think that would sign. be a good idea for them going oh, yeah. forward. And especially I would be just, surprised if you hear about an extension this year. Get done. Yeah, especially just uh, not only the player on the field, but the guy off the field and everything he adds, not only to the locker room, but just to the entire organization and fan base. He's a great he's a great addition for Jets fans, and they should really he's, be excited to have him. He's a guy you can stick on the podium for yeah. a Jets team that is – 
young and not very good, and he can handle anything the New York media is going to throw at him. Exactly. Because people don't – like, it's talked about, but it's not really – that market is brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. It's not as brutal for – for the Jets and Giants players, I don't think as of as of recent years, as, as much as it is for not you know, like maybe some, the Yankees, yeah, exactly the Yankees or even the Knicks, the Knicks. Or, yeah. New York's a tough tough place to be a fan. Just like Philadelphia, I mean, all those cold, those northeastern cold kind of states are are tough fan bases. Tough, but uh, but fair fan bases. I think is a accurate representation. A lot a lot more toxic than the Chiefs fans are. I think the Toxic Kingdom as. <laughs> As we know, that almost went trending. Um, but yeah, ultimately, just to close up the LDT trade, great guy. Hope you hope all is well with him in the Jets. Oh God, I wish him so much success yeah. in everything. And honestly, he does. I kind of want to speak about the Dan Brown part of the trade. Um, Go ahead, because I got nothing for yeah. you. The only thing I'll say, you know, obviously we didn't get like an actual draft pick for for LDT, which I think some people might have kind of expected, like a maybe a 2023 seventh round pick or something like that. Um, and you know, obviously the money implication is really what it came down to. I think we only saved a million or two by, by doing it. So it's not like it's the biggest move, but for the chiefs, obviously strapped cash strapped, it's a big move. Um, but I don't know the, the player that the jets send over, it just kind of seems, um, it's just an interesting player that they sent over because, uh, he led the team in special teams, uh, snaps last year. And that's like something that, you know, people have opinions on but to me that just tells me that he's like a reliable guy that they can count on and it also tells me that the obviously the jets have an entire new coaching staff in there next this year so there's not that kind of same loyalty to him but obviously there was a regime now uh, you know it was the adam gase regime so i'm not sure i'm not sure who the jets special teams coach was last year but obviously they had enough trust and you know faith in this guy to be a contributor on special teams now uh, this may all just kind of be for nothing because he might not ever play a snap as a chief, but just kind of the, the, the implication of the guy that they sent, it's not like just a guy who would completely be like cut off of a roster. Obviously right. he probably would be cut, you know, later down the season just cause of like, you know, him not having ties to the same regime regime, but it just, I don't know the, the added like, I guess there's notoriety. There's at least a value there. Yeah. There's at least some kind of a value that the jets were saying. It's kind of like a, I don't know. It's like it's kind of like a ceremonial nod, the same way that the Chiefs, you know, were sending to LDT. It's like, hey, we're gonna give you this guy who was a good player for us, who actually did contribute. It's not like he's just a bum that didn't contribute anything. Like this is at least someone who contributed for their organization. Whether he'll contribute for you or not, that's kind of up to up to in yeah, the air. I mean, he's but he's only got like 421 yards in seven seasons as a tight 400, end. 420 but... yards actually on the dot. Okay. 420. Um, but. Like you said, he led them in snaps yeah. last year as a special teamer, and it at least look, tells me something about who he is as a player. He's played in the league for seven years. Okay, he didn't do that by accident. You don't make the NFL an NFL roster seven times because yeah. you can't tie exactly. Your okay, so regardless of it being the Jets and them being god awful for most of his tenure there, he he did his job on special teams, and that's. That's not nothing. Yeah, he, I don't he put know in... how that translates to the Chiefs, and I feel like this was more the Chiefs basically just getting anything that they yeah. could in return for what they had to give for Larry because they had to give him kind of what he wanted since he had a no-trade clause. Um, I personally would have tried to go send him to the Dolphins if the 
if he would have done it. Now I know probably not because it's farther away from Canada and it's not as like it's nice weather down all there. That. You know, get some nice weather. Also, for a I highly months. doubt he's probably buying into what they're building down there since they don't even seem to be buying into what they're building down the there. Dolphins so, yeah. are kind of a mess of an organization it seems like right now. Well, but... typically flamethrowing your quarter current quarterback for a guy you can't even probably aren't even going to get until at least 2022, if not longer than that. Yeah. And we're not even going to touch the off the field stuff. I'm just talking about based on the football field. You're probably not getting until 2022. That doesn't seem like a brilliant idea. But hey, the Dolphins are, you know, super well run. So yeah, they have the same record as the Jets. The only reason I say that is mm, that's not maybe not true. Just have one. The only games. reason I say that is I, I, I would have tried to go either get another piece in the secondary, like a Byron Jones or something like that. Or Devontae Parker. Yeah. Or least... Which leads me into my next thing we, I want to talk about. Because I think we're kind of done with the Dan Brown-Larry trade, right? I was going to say, I was just trying to think of a player on the Jets I would have liked more. And the only one I can think of is Bryce Hall. Yeah, that's one name. But yeah, no, he, hasn't, he hasn't played great in the him. NFL. But yeah. and that's... I just don't think you're going to get that away from them for Larry at yeah, that point. Yeah, that's probably a little, gonna... little higher ask. But that was just a guy I talk about secondary guys in the Jets. I don't know. The reason I mentioned Byron Jones, Devontae Parker is because both of those guys were heavily mentioned in trade rumors for the Dolphins and they won out of Miami. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think there's a couple people who Devontae Parker, if Devontae Parker could have literally walked in the office and forced them to trade him, I'm sure he would (laughs) have. Yeah. Like, and this offense, we talked about the offense's struggles Here's the main offensive struggle, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. They don't seem to have another guy that can get open besides 10 and 87 right now in a traditional route tree. Nope. And Devontae Parker is whatever. He's not exactly had quarterbacking or coaching that is actually decent. So, um, I mean, he was stuck with Adam Gase's regime of craziness between Tannehill, Fitzpatrick. God, who did they have in between there that they ruined? Josh Rosen was in there at some point. Rosen, the Rosen one was in there, yeah. Um, so, like, Adam Gase is, well, still living off Peyton Manning's coattails and killing people's careers. Devontae Parker can still play in this league and could be a, probably a wide receiver, too, that we don't have. With all that said, there is an individual who was released today... Hmm by a franchise we talked about earlier who added Von Miller, and I'm curious as to your thoughts on it, because why not? Yeah, why not, honestly? Deshaun Jackson is available on the market. Uh, He's a free agent. Yeah, There's no waiver clear... wire for that man. Well, He's actually, well actually, there is a waiver wire uh, for him now. How? After the trade deadline, all veterans get placed on the waiver wire. Um been a thing for a little while that Terrell, Terrell Suggs was on the waiver wire I think when we claimed him um, that's just a, that was, oh that's because it was so late in the season yeah that's yeah right. it's just that's a thing for after the trade deadline that's before the trade, the trade deadline yeah rule, before the trade bad. deadline yeah they're not subject to waiver but either way I don't think I mean Deshaun might get claimed on the waivers I kind of don't see him getting claimed on the waivers but I would be totally down for him because they tried yeah exactly no one traded for him so that's kind of an indication that and eh, no one's really fond of that contract uh, which obviously the Rams kind of overestimated this offseason. But say, what is what did they pay him? I don't know, but I think it was a lot because obviously they had to cut him. But I would be totally down to add to Sean Jackson. I don't think four and a half million dollars. Sheesh, we could have got Melvin Ingram for that price. Two point eight guaranteed. Holy good lord! Yeah, so that's a decent contract to pick up. I don't think the Chiefs are doing that, but I, I mean the the Andy Reid connection, everything like that. He also has a Kansas City connection, I think. 
uh, a little bit. So I think it's definitely likely. It's just, I don't know. It's it, Are the Chiefs going to be making even more moves than they already have? I don't know. But That feels like an option at a position where there's not really anybody else that was comfortably available probably for a cheap price. Because I think you're going to have – Here's the other reason I don't think they went with Larry to Miami or tried to push that to him. I don't think Miami was willing to just give up a straight player swap for Devontae Parker. They yeah. probably wanted a third or a second or even maybe a fourth, which at that point, I'm out. Like, I don't want to spend that much on a guy that I'm not sure exactly what we're getting when this is yet another wide receiver class that in the draft coming up that's like, hmm. Mm, very interesting. Easy. Very enticing. Yeah. So the reason that I'm so interested in possibly bringing Deshaun in is at this point, you're needing to take the top off of defense. Yeah, and that's true. 10 can do it, and that's fine. But if they're going to rotate both safeties to 10 and put a guy on him, he's basically triple covered now. If you have two dudes on either side of the formation, and I know somewhat this is what they kind of brought in McColl for, but Deshaun has proven it ain't even close. He also still can absolutely flat out fly. Oh, yeah. If you have one of them on each side of the field, you tell me which way the safeties are going. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're either splitting the safeties, you're either splitting them, or one of them's taking both of them with him, and the other one can work underneath. And if that's me, hey, Deshaun, you're going to run straight down the field every snap. And Tyreek's going to work the underneath. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson so, sounds like a very good idea. It gives you a, another option besides 10 and 87 that you know can win one-on-one -on -one and teams are terrified to leave one-on-one. That's I mean, hell, thing. the only play that I've seen Deshaun Jackson on this year, he absolutely burnt toasted a guy one on one and walked away from him down the field. And I think that's action. like a, a massive part of it. Like the Chiefs, you know, they have, you know, Miko, Pringle, they're all like decent receivers, but the, defenses don't fear them. Like they're not a game changing yeah, receiver they, on this roster. Like that really, like, they're probably not even coming up on the scouting report for the week on the defense. It's like, hey, hey we'll cover them. We're 87 good. and 10. Get those guys because those guys are actual playmakers. And Deshaun Jackson, now, just say what you will about his age and everything like that, but Deshaun Jackson, just the name alone, just seeing Deshaun Jackson, you know, lining up against you, like, that in itself is enough to make you, you know, take a couple steps back. Like, just the respect that he commands from a defense, just like 10 and 87. That's why, that's why he'd be the biggest ad, I think. And that's, you know, that's a, a move that I would hope the Chiefs make. And you know the LDT freed up. I would at least hope they reach out and try to make yeah. it. Yeah, and you know with them freeing up some cash, it's like they they obviously wanted to free up cash for something. So let's see what it yeah. is. that's the other thing. They're they're clearing space, and I don't think it's just to roll it over. Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe there's a tiring extension on the horizon. Maybe well, if they do something that, like there's that. There's gonna be a lot there's more. There's gonna be a lot space. more, but I don't know. It's just what owner what they are trying to use that money for. So uh, I I think, like I said. I, I know that they're going to be the contingent of, well, Deshaun, he's just old. Like, I, I get all that. Watch the guy play. He yeah. can still run. And it's a different situation than Josh Gordon, too. Because, obviously, like, that could be the, a good counter-argument. It's like, we signed Josh Gordon, and he hasn't done jack squat well, for the offense. But different receivers, it's kind of a different situation. And, and not a three-year layoff between yeah, games exactly. or two-year layoff between snaps. A lot a lot different 
just the style. Deshaun hasn't been out of the league. He's been yeah. playing. That in itself is I don't know, it's just I just want to see Josh Gordon do something, man. I, I do want too. to see Josh Gordon. And that's the other thing is if he's actually as close as they think he is or saying he is, because Andy keeps telling us he's he's we close. put him out there more. He's close, man. He, he was the primary target, but they took him away. Like and I'm not gonna argue I haven't got a chance to go back and fully watch it yet. I could see some defenses being like, well, if he's on the field, they're going to throw him the ball. So if he's on the field, we're taking him away. Yeah. I mean, Josh Gordon does command not as much respect as uh, Deshaun Jackson might, but he definitely commands some respect just off a name alone from the defense. And and then if he is that close and you do add Deshaun Jackson, guess, guess who can go away? Yeah. All of a sudden we've got a decent little four. Guess who can go away now? You don't see D Rob on the field for Mm. more snaps than any other wide receiver in the game. Rob, yeah, that is true. Sorry, I like Demarcus, but he ain't either one of those two by a country mile. Not by a country mile. And if sure. you can then put 10, 87, 19, and D Jack on the field as a foursome, that's pretty good. That's pretty you good. You tell me who to cover, double yeah. cover. Now all of a sudden we might have a couple guys getting open. So, which was a has been a problem. Yeah, and so we'll leave I, it at that. I know everybody's like, don't mortgage the future. Well, this is a waiver claim or a free agent yeah, signing after a... he clears that's low risk, stupid high reward. Stupid high reward. Like, a lot higher reward than even the highest reward Josh Gordon could probably provide for us. So, uh, with that being said... I don't want to go there yet. I don't want to go there yet because I'm still not necessarily convinced that Josh isn't going to be like, okay, I get it now. You guys are screwed. Well, here's what? the thing. I'm I I would love for Josh to do that, but it's kind of it's kind of up to Mahomes to to look his way and start getting him the ball a little bit. So little ultimately, bit, just all of the offense has to kind of keep on clicking, and I think they are going to eventually click. Just because I don't know. It's just I don't know what you see. I don't know what you can see from the past three years that would tell Patrick you that she like can't close. figure this out. And if Patrick feels like he's close, I'm gonna run with what 15 says. Yeah, I'm gonna ride 15 all day. So and I. Look, I know he hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. Guess what? His not great, horrible days are still still above average. I actually saw his uh, EPA chart throughout his whole career. Like the the bottom line at the at the very bottom of the chart was actually the the NFL quarterback average line, and then Patrick Mahomes' average line was way up here and then his last performance was like just slightly above the average you can drive a truck through the gap on that chart yeah it's his his average epa is just incredible so really it's just you can't worry about i don't know you just can't worry about it everything too much he he's he's got to calm down a little bit in the pocket i think he's got some habits that we don't love still that he's getting out of that he's starting to work on he's having to work on with the offensive lines a little bit different style they're he can't drop to 13 steps anymore and have his tackles just athletically be able to keep up with the speed no. rushers off the edge. Can't. It's all about just adapting. That's just what we need. If if the Chiefs have any chance of making the playoffs or the Super Bowl or anything like that, they just need to adapt. They need to if become a different team than they up, are right now. If this offense wakes up and that defense stays even where it is currently... It's pretty good, yeah. You... And they squeak into the playoffs or yeah. whatever. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you have nobody want to. Yeah, see all of a sudden, play. you have a very red hot Chiefs team in the seven seed or the six seed 
who's all of a sudden coming into your house in the playoffs. This three-week span, this three-week stretch, Packers, Cowboys, who and is And the Raiders in between those two. Raiders? Yeah, Raiders in between the Cowboys and Packers. But, yeah, that three-week stretch coming three, up. Those three, if they come out of this 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh, whew. If we win one of those games, whew. Stop that. Yeah, I will say that I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but the Chiefs are actually the only team in the NFL who only is facing winning records the rest of the, the season. Now, that we faced the Broncos twice, so that probably There's won't last. There's a chart in there that there is not a team on their schedule that's below 500 in this entire yeah. schedule. And if you look at like the the chart of all the teams, like all the it's teams like, are in a nice line. And then there's a, like a huge, like, yeah, like a, a solid gap. And then the chiefs are out there in Opponents terms of strength. Win and percentage, schedule. Yeah. 780. It's Other crazy. teams, the highest, like the second highest is like, full, like I'm, I'm throwing numbers, but it's a huge yeah. gap. And so you kind of just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the chiefs didn't do well against a bad team, but it's either the chiefs are going to play up to their competition and, and actually excel out and wake up, or they're just going to get absolutely trounced. And we're going to, we're going to have to talk about that. We're going to talk about Sunday that. We'll tell you a lot. Yeah. We'll talk about that later this week when we preview the Packers game for you. Um, and just what to really expect and see if the chiefs end up waking up versus a red hot Packers team who are very, very good. I would like, I would just tell everybody in the kingdom breathe. It's not, it, this Keep season breathing. is not over. The AFC is an absolute meat grinder. Oh, it's wide open. Like, yeah. well, the Chiefs are three and zero against the NFC. Yeah, well, all, the, all three of those NFC teams, AFC. all three of those NFC teams are from the NFC East, so it's they're three and zero against bit of an the asterisk, NFC. They're one and four. That is true. Either way, it, the AFC is an absolute. AFC like, sucks. If the, by the way, if you're listening to this, I would. Bet all of your money that an NFC team wins the Super Bowl this year. Just putting that out there. An NFC team is likely going to win the Super Bowl. But continue. Uh, maybe because the AFC just beats the hell out of each other. But I I think other than the Rams right now, roster-wise, there are five or six teams. Well, there's at least three. But there might be five, five or six teams in the AFC that I would take over most of the NFC contenders. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, the Rams, Cardinals, and Packers are beating every single AFC team right now. Did Did you watch Arizona in that Green Bay game? I mean, I've watched them the rest of the season, and they're undefeated since they're up to that point. They're also becoming more and more injured. I mean, yeah, and that that's does hurt them. But... We don't talk about like the NFL is almost a war of attrition. It is. Most of the time, it's the healthiest team that wins, not the best team that wins. That is true, but also just I don't know those, and also I forgot the Buccaneers too. Like the Buccaneers, they just I, lost to Trevor Simeon and the Saints. Yeah, that happens. The, it seems like the Saints have fluky wins versus Tom Brady. They've that oh, happened man. twice last season, and I that didn't that, seem to, to, to hurt them very much. That Bucks defense is beat to hell in the secondary, and it's even banged up on offense now. AB's been out. Gronk is hurt again. Like. Uh, it, we talk about it. going to the Super Bowl being absolutely brutal on teams, especially on older teams. That Tampa roster is not a bunch of young spring chickens. That's Those true. dudes are all veteran, got miles on the tires, and they played a lot of football last year, and they're going to play a lot more this year than they have in any other regular season period. 
That's a long road. We know. We just did it last year, and it was brutally difficult to get back there, wasn't it? It was pretty brutal, yeah. 14-1 and one before we'd rested our starters. Pretty brutal. Um, yeah, because we just played a bunch of cakewalks. That's those not games, entirely true, but... Exactly, that's my point. Those games were... We won all of those games, but they weren't... They weren't cakewalks. No. They weren't... They were tough battles. Boat racing everybody. Yeah. I just don't have any confidence in the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, the Chargers, the Titans, the Ravens, the Bills. The Titans... So that kind of leaves everyone. Hold on. Hold on. The Bills are still a very good football team. I don't know. The Bills are still not very good. I understand what just happened. I get it. That's a very good football team. And I feel, look, man, I I don't typically feel bad for other fan bases. I feel bad for Titans fans. Mostly, I feel bad for Derrick Henry. That's a very tough one. But I feel bad for Titans fans because Derrick Henry, he had a case for the MVP this year, he had a case to go back to back 2K this year. He had a chance for all kinds of things we've never seen before, and it just got yanked away from him with uh, potentially, and this is the other thing I feel bad for him about. Look, man, Jones fractures are nothing to play with, and on a running back, that's really hard. I hope he comes back like AP did when AP blew up his knee, which ironically they signed Adrian Peterson to kind of help replace him, which is fine, but – it, it's very, very difficult that once one of the main pieces of the motor of a running back starts to fall apart, that the rest doesn't follow. It may not be his foot next time, maybe his calf, maybe his knee, but when you hurt, and from experience, when you hurt something on one leg, all that shit around it gets weaker because it's overcompensating, and then the other leg you're depending on more, and you end up in, like, it's yeah, atrophy. Yeah, the atrophy part. It kicks sucks. In. And I hope like hell he is AP and bounces back like a rubber bot, like a rubber band and is just fine. But Jones fractures on running backs and feet problems aren't great. Now, no doubt. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Derrick Henry comes back healthily because he's a really fun player to watch. Especially, I mean, he wasn't as fun to watch when he was playing us, but even still, it was like... I don't know. You had to respect it. Like he yeah. just—he's a mountain of a man, and he just, just runs impressive. over everyone. He's yeah. just an impressive, he's a very athlete. impressive player. Um, also, quick note: Bucks activated Scotty Miller and Sean Murphy Bunting from the IR like an hour yeah. ago. So the champs are getting healthier. But got a little, got a little wide receiver return. Well, yeah. Scotty Miller's slept on quite a bit. Oh, Scotty Miller's, yeah, scoots. Yeah, and I would then, love, love Scotty Miller on the Chiefs. Murphy honestly, Bunting but, is that the safety? Uh, corner, yeah, corner. cornerback. He played Look, pretty man, decent for him last year. He also wasn't that the corner that Tyreek burnt for like two hundred and one yards in like a quarter. Was that him or was that Carlton Davis? I don't remember. I just know somebody was getting yeah. Antoine was getting, getting all upset about it, but PC. somebody was getting the deuces for yeah. an entire entire game. Entire game, yeah. So uh, that's about. I don't know. I guess we can kind of close that out with the saying that if the Chiefs make the playoffs, watch out, watch out the rest of the NFL because. Uh, that means they got hot. Yeah, that and means if that hot, means if the Chiefs make the playoffs, that means they figured it out, and you do not want to play a Chiefs team that's figured it out. So we'll just leave it at that. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys later this week to preview the Packers game for you. Uh, maybe some special guests. Maybe a giveaway coming up soon. Who knows? Hopefully the uh, the season keeps on going in a somewhat positive direction, and we can all be a lot happier about the Chiefs. So.
like I said, shout out to our winners from the contest, yeah. baby. I hope you guys enjoy your stuff. Yep. Shout out them and shout out all of you guys. So thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, tuning in, following along, and we will talk to you guys later this week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.